Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. dedicated to Henry Farmer. In the year of the primal force, the dawn of terrestrial birth, man mastered the mammoth and horse, man was the lord of the earth. Welcome to Tuesday's Heavy Metal Miscellany. I am Alan Averill, and the clue is in the name, Metal Miscellany. Um, so today I'm going to talk about the new Metallica album. Why not? Why not, I hear you ask. Well, there are many reasons why not, but seeing as today is, you know, Heavy Metal Tuesday, um, I probably couldn't think of a better reason today. It's low-hanging fruit, I suppose. I'm probably only about the 1,000th person out there to make some sort of content commenting on the album. If you do want to look at my um, ugly mug, this is actually a video over on my YouTube channel. Just put in Alan Averill, A-V-E-R-I-L-L, and you will find it. If you want to support the show, go over to patreon.com slash Alan Averill, and you can also do that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's hardly really a surprise, but a lot of people have been talking up the album, saying it's a return to form. I mean, we've heard that before. We've heard that kind of thing over and over again, and... It's probably a mantra we've heard when people discuss almost all old bands who whose heyday was, you know, 20, 30 or even in 40 years ago, that somehow they found their way back to the beginning. Have Metallica found their way back to the beginning? Um, yes or no? Um, anyway, the show is sponsored by MetalBlade.com. You can go to IndieMerch.com slash MetalBlade. Um, and you can use the promo code AA2023 and you will get 10% off. Um, there's various other things underneath in the description. Just have a look there. Um, if you're looking for backdrops for your band, you can just DM me and I will refer you to um, the place to get them done. No problem. All right. So this is, um, there's a slight drop in audio quality. Not much, but a little bit. Well, I couldn't get Addy from Solstafir on the phone. Left me hanging. So I'm going to. Discuss the new Metallica album. Why not? Um, you could call it low-hanging fruit, the making of content. I'm sure I'm only about the hundredth person to discuss the new Metallica album, but I'm allowed to. Why not? Um, this is, I guess, the first Metallica album I bought the day it came out was in 1988. That was Injustice for All, 
Um, I suppose I'd gotten into Metallica maybe a year or two before that. I suppose it was just after the very first Garage Days, and the first thing I got was a vinyl copy of Ride the Lightning. Um, regardless of what you say about Metallica after that, but I gave up pretty much. Not once I gave up, but since in about Metallica in the 90s changed, and it ceased to be our band, or Metalhead's band, or the Outsiders band, or the band that I suppose spoke for people on the outside, it became everyone's band. And I, there's always that feeling amongst people who've grown up with a band that they've taken very much to their heart. They feel a little bit betrayed. I mean, I think, I think that's part of, the, what would you say? What's the right word? The hubris of youth, whatever you want to call it. That was rather, rather pretentious, but... It's the thing you do when you're young. You take everything that bands do super, you know, seriously into heart. But that's what makes um, your identification with bands so profound and so character-forming and so all-encompassing when you're young. And, of course, the fact that Enter Sandman shot Metallica into the stratosphere, um, you know, it did change uh, people's perception of Metallica. They ceased to be our jeans and T-shirt rebel rebellious fuck you band they were everyone's band um i have a fractious relationships with the albums then after that i'm not a black album hater by any means i think it's a good record just not happened to be my metallica record there's some great songs on it though after that okay it's the standard thing to say there's one good album between load and reload um but that's probably true then after that it's all becomes a bit of a mess you have the horror of uh saint anger which is just like literally an album that i guess um, they needed to make for therapeutic reasons, but that no one ever needed to hear alongside the, some kind of monster nonsense, um, where they just sort of ended up portraying themselves as um, indulged, pampered millionaires, um, far, far, far from the reality that was what formed Metallica in 85 or 86. But um, I don't really know the um, Death Magnetic album too well. I just found it pretty boring and dull but there were signs of life on the last album the last album was pretty good it's the first one i bought since injustice for all and um apart from the sort of lack of dynamics in the tone which we'll discuss again on this record it had some really good bits and it sounded like james was plugged back in again his vocal sounded great for the first time since i think the the second Garage Days Revisited record, where the production on that is the last time I think I heard Metallica sound absolutely incredible, huge, turn the page, and the Merciful Fate medley and all that kind of stuff. And part of me, I'll get into it, but wishes upon finishing the end of 72 seasons that um, all of it could have just been redone in the tone of Garage uh, Days Revisited. That would be... Um, anyway, we'll get into it. First things first, the cover... Um, is fucking dreadful. I, I really, there's some sort of um, childhood therapy speak going on here. Yellow, it, it's an interesting and bold choice, but I think it's, it kind of makes things look a bit cheap. I suppose we have a, a cot here that's sort of blackened and burnt on all these childhood toys and um, various implements, including headphones, a guitar, um, other bits and pieces. It looks like a bong. Um, a chairs, dumbbells, skateboards. I don't really know what's going on here. It looks like um, a clip from the intro of a Stranger Things cartoon or something. I don't know. I don't get it. I think it looks fucking terrible. Um, but anyway, it's a bold choice, yellow, and it looks pretty dramatic. But 
I don't know. I think it looks pretty cheap, to be honest. Um, so, first things first, track one. Um, let me bring up the names of the tracks. So it's, uh, for, well, first things first, it's 72 seasons. What's that? 18 years. What happened 18 years ago? 2005. I don't know. I presume that's something significant to James. That's why he's called it that. I don't know. Uh, maybe that was... Was that some kind of monster uh, movie or something like this? Um, I don't know. 18 years anyway, so 72 seasons. It's 77 minutes long. Again, I don't know what it is about both... Sorry, I'm fixing my... Um, Sweet incantation shirt here. Um, something not popping out of it. Um, you should have worn something more conservative, says you. But anyway, it's um, what the fuck am I talking about? Yes, okay, seventy-seven minutes. Why do Metallica and Iron Maiden feel the need to write to make these overlong albums? Is it because that they only come along every three or four years, and within that, they think they need to give people value for money? Um, to be honest, I would rather um, you know, uh, substance over style, or whatever you want to say. I wouldn't. I want great songs. I don't need a 77 minute long record. I find that just too much and it's too it's too modern. I understand that it's kind of moves against the nature of the sort of instant gratification culture of the modern world. We could say that, but at the same time I really don't need 12 new songs. What happened to just eight short sharp bursts? Anyway, the album starts with um, 72 seasons the title track. Now this is uh, a song from one of the videos. Um, and this is I think one of the best songs on the record. It starts with a very, very snappy Motorhead-style bass intro, a little bit like um, Overkill or something like this. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting song for Metallica to come straight out of the gate with, and I think one of the best openers they've had in 30 years. It's easily one of the best songs on the album, and there's a couple of things that hit you straight away. Um, and the first thing is the horrible, horrible drum sound. It's absolutely rotten. It's like um, a biro on a piece of paper and hitting your, flicking your fingernail against like a, a little plastic tub or something. Ticka, 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 ticka. Uh, why? Why, with the amount of money this band has, can they not have it just like a listen to the drum sound on the Merciful Fate medley? That's the drum sound. This is just ticka, 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 ticka. And what it does is unfortunately it makes listening all the way to the end of 72 seasons a very a punishing listen because you've grown up with good drum sounds and dynamics in tone and richness in the bottom end. Now the good bass tone is nice when it comes in and the guitar tone is nice although again to me at least there isn't enough separation between the left and right to have two different tones but the guitar tone is nice crunchy modern heavy um, but it's really the drum sound just sucks the air out of the room it's like a sort of ah uh, it's just so lifeless because you don't every snare hit is not exactly the same for an entire album um people play the drums with dynamics and so this is just sucks the life out of the uh, um the album in a way it's a shame because um as i'm going to go on to say i think it's a pretty bloody good album actually but there are problems and one of them is this lifeless synthetic drum sound it just makes everything hard going and by the time you get to the last song in Amorata um, which has some really lovely double guitar Thin Lizzy-isms you'll wish for the drum sound of um, Black Rose or something you know to bring out some dynamics in the tone anyway I, I digress a bit but 72 Seasons the opener um, has a kind of cool video and it certainly lays things out with a punch and it says we're not fucking around here Metallica is going for the 
juggler guy. And it's a, it's a, the middle song gets a bit confusing. It kind of goes off into another, um, kind of like another composition completely. But it has a big chorus. It has a massive um, pre-chorus. And what's clear about this record is very from the start that James Hetfield means business. His voice is the best it sounded since Garage Days, the second one. It's, it's great. And he's put a lot of effort, becomes super clear into the different rhythms, um, into the counter rhythms, into pre-choruses. There's some layers going on. And there's some very kind of clever, um, I'm not going to say clever lyricisms, um, because I think James, from being one of my favorite lyricists around, you know, master puppets, I suppose it's to do with being young as well. But he kind of, uh, let's say, it's a post some kind of monster of descent into a little bit of therapy speak coming out in some of the lyrics. You know, trying to get away from childhood trauma, constant tone throughout the whole thing. Okay, but we're not getting here to really, really dissect the lyrics too much. But um, they aren't bad. They aren't bad, really. But it's the singing, clearly, um, is Without a doubt, you can tell if the first song is going to be one of the standout elements of this album. Shadows Follow. Don't Rod and Christ have a song called Shadows Follow? Shadows Follow? From Triarchy of the Lost Lovers, I think. Um, this one kind of reminds me of some of the, um, maybe of Wolf and Man from the Black Album. Some of the mid-Black Album songs. It's got a few Justice riffs going on. I'm thinking like Frayed Ends of Sanity, um, some of that kind of groove in it. Um, and look, and when you complain about Metallica having a strange... Um, drum sound or a strange tone or sound, I suppose you can't get over the fact that we've already been there talking about this in 1988, as Unjustice for All has, you know, in the context and the time, a far um, more difficult sound than it is to deal with 77 minutes on of this record. Um, it's a mid-paced crunch, like many, many songs in the last two or three albums. Um, you know, shelter from the hate, more kind of rhythmic vocal patterns that remind me of the, the, some of the sort of therapy speak kind of lyrics again. It has a great pre-chorus, I will give it that, and Headfield's voice is on top form. Yes, as you can see, what I'm going to do is throw my arms around a lot because, um, you know, that's what Irish people do, don't they? They gesticulate and go from song to song. Screaming Suicide, this is another video track, um, Screaming Suicide. Not convinced by that title. However, um, this one has very cool New Wave of British Heavy Metal vibes to it, and I think this is something that e recurs throughout the record. Um, some of the songs sound like they were written in 81 or 82, kind of before Kill 'Em All. They're, they don't have that speed metal tone of Kill 'Em All, but they certainly have some motor breath, some Phantom Lord, some of those kind of more 1981 riffs. There's Diamond Head, there's Jaguar. I hear quite a lot of um, 81, 82 New York British Heavy Metal, which is great, which is great that they've kind of gone backwards to move forwards a bit. Um, again, the bass drum, double pedal, click, will drive you nuts here. Um, there's some clear Kill 'em All references in Screaming Suicide, and maybe I even hear a bit of Jaguar, Power Games. Um, but what it also makes it clear is that how much New Wave British Heavy Metal was also in the Black Album. We were just kind of blindsided because it came after Injustice for All that we didn't really see it. A lot of the 70s rock, and you could hear that maybe Metallica, there were similarities between Trouble, COC, that kind of stuff. Sleepwalk, nice bass tone. 
Certainly the bass has a nice driven tone to it. There's even a kind of sleepwalk as a kind of Danzig COC vibe groove to it. Um, I guess, which I guess is what they were trying to do with load, reload. It's a regular mid-album track that um, has, a, again, like I said, a sort of load vibe. It's, it's, it's one of the poorer songs on the record, but it's saved by, again, a strong pre and a strong chorus. Strong vocals. You Must Burn. Um, this one has some really strong Black Sabbath vibes. Um, it's, it's kind of, I suppose, it appears to be James using um, the sort of metaphor of burning witches with cancel culture. Okay, why not? At least that's what I understood to be. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It to be about um, quite cool lyrics. Um, it has some very strong Sabbath vibes, and there's almost a do metal vo- um, vibe going on here. The vocals are great, and there's some really great harmonies going on. There's some classic doom rock vibes um there's some great harmony guitar in the midsection that will make you fucking smile and do i even hear some witchfinder general possibly possibly it's got some witchfinder general vibes um it would just be lovely to hear it with a rich tone and a kind of rounded bottom end where the bass drum doesn't just tuck, 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 just stab at the heart of the rich tones it would be really nice to hear um the bass just dovetailing in with the bass drum and some nice um, you know, Bill Ward tones here and there. It's not impossible, but it is on this record. Lux Eterna. Now, this is the best song on the album, in my opinion. This is a fucking banger. This is an actual 
belter only. This is a fucking stone cold 1981, 1982, um, new wave of British heavy metal vibing motorhead, diamond head tank. Um, no fucking around, no six, seven, eight minutes. Super diamond head vibes. Even, I think, Light Up the Nation is one of the lyrics. Um, it's one of the tightest Metallica songs in years, and that it, it's got, it's been stripped of any sort of flabby bits where you go, oh, guys, what are you doing here? Um, the horrible bass drum sound again. Um, there's, I watched a drum cover, Thomas Flash, is it? He's a German um, session drummer who learns the song in one go and then just kills it, and you hear a modern, brilliant drum sound, which is obviously his YouTube channel, and you go, it's, it's not that hard to have a nice drum sound. Um, it sounds like a song that was written in 81 or 82, and James sounds like it, he's managed to tap into being 17 or 18 again. He sounds so fucking enthusiastic on this song. He is all over it. The chorus is a killer. Um, the vocals, again, totally killer. This is the most energised uh, I've heard James Seffield, and he was coming back to be in James Seffield. There's a bit, I think, is it into Moth Into Flame on the, the last song, the last Metallic album. The, for the first time in ages, I got fucking Hetfield goosebumps listening to it. And there is moments like that on this album, without a doubt. Lux Eterna is, this is a banger. This is a fucking, um, give it the production of, um, you know, something from 81 and 82, and this is this could be a Metal for Mothers song. That's how fucking cool it is. Um, and it is the high point. And you're six songs in now, you're halfway through, and it's pretty bloody memorable. I can, I'm putting song titles to choruses, and that's something that was missing. You listen to Death Magnetic or Saint Anger, tell me a chorus that fits with... Tell, I, I don't remember one. There's nothing is in my brain from those records. This, it's in my fucking brain now, after how many listens I've had. Uh, just It's been on rotation going and going. Um, Chasing Light, this is a sort of a bit of a typical song, oh no, hang on, I missed something here, Crown of Barbed Wire, yeah, this is another mid-paced, it's got a kind of darker riff, it almost reminds me, it reminded me of Abath, <laughs> or maybe even Immortal Dust, grrr -dun, grrr -dun, grrr -dun, slightly dissonant chug, um, of course it's not influenced by Abath or Immortal, but it sounds kind of modern, it's a very, it does swim, slip into that jammy groove that sometimes sounds like when you look at the Metallica videos which show them songwriting, um, you can hear that they jam a riff, they record everything, and somebody has cut them up and gone, okay, guys, how about I've made a song out of these four or five jams, which can be good and can also be, I don't know, I think it can be sometimes not great for the songwriting process because you never build up a full HUD out of steam. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it's it's a pretty interesting song, again, carried by some cool vocals. Um, it's a bit darker. It, it reminded me a little bit of um, My Friend of Misery, maybe. All right, where are we? Chasing Light. This, I think, is... This would be the second song on side two. Chasing Light, again, it's a kind of more typical... It's typical of the sort of mid-album songs um, that you find in the records of the new Maiden, for example. It's probably... We could do without it. Maybe it could could have been a B side on something. Um, it, there's too many of these. Stop start motifs, which seem to me to be um, punctuations at the end of jam riffs for when they're cut together. That's what it seems like to me. Um, it's beginning. I'm as a an 80s 
metallic and heavy metal fan. By now, I'm starting to, my ears are starting to get a bit tired of the do -do -do -do, the repetitive drum sound. It's beginning to do my head in. Um, and it does suck a bit of the joy out of the album. I mean, it's like Hadfield is doing his utmost to bring joy and energy and life to this record. And the dynamics and tone are doing their utmost to draw that back from the record, if you understand what I mean. That's if you care about these kind of things. Maybe there's a lot of modern fans who won't notice some of these things, but um, what are we saying? Hadfield pushes the vocals in this song, Chasing Light, quite hard. Like there's some kind of, Wah! there's some quite high vocals going on here. Um, and he's got some grit in his voice. Um, again, great, but he makes the song perhaps greater than it actually is. And then you look, and then I'm like, okay, 77 minutes. That means I have another 15, 20 minutes. And my patience is starting to wear a bit. And not just because my patience is generally an awful lot thinner than it used to be. It's, it's the tone is kind of sucking my will to live. If Darkness Had a Sun. Now, this is the worst offender. It's not a bad song, um, but it's got some fucking doomy vibes to it. But this... This bass drum is just... Tick tock, tick tock, tick. It starts the song, and you really get a sense of the monotony of the drums. It starts to do my head. Not every snare beat goes like that. Why not go? Why not give us a ghost note or a like a roll? Think Brian Downey. Think giving us a little bit of respite from the talk, 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 talk. It just starts to do my head in here, and it's a shame um, because the lack of body and tone and. Um, just begins to suck the life out of it. But this Darkness Had a Sun has got some candle mass, I hear, um, which, you know, where if you look at uh, Wherever I May Roam, different tune, but you know what I mean? That's That sounds like, to me, that's a candle mass to, to put a different drum beat in that, and that could be from Ancient Dreams, in my opinion. Um, so there's some night, which I guess is just um, Metallica doing Sabbath, isn't it? But again, the drums, you don't play the drums like that. You never hit the same snare that precise and that same thing all the time. Anyway, it's I'm, I know I'm boring everybody, but again, it's lifted with some great vocals. Um, it's got a great chorus. Um, again, some soul-searching introspection from James. I guess this is about the last couple of years where he seemed to fall back off the wagon on the booze and... Um, Again, his sort of problems and issues with substances, I guess, there's something like this, or over all the years. Um, he makes peace with them, and then they, you know, sink back in and whatever else. I guess he's, that's, that's his muse for this record. It ties in with the cover and stuff. Darkness Had a Sun, good song. I think it's a good song. Um, where are we now? Um, by now, Too Far Gone, question mark. Um, too Far Gone, this one reminds me very seriously of Phantom Lord. It's got some, or is it No Remorse, um, you know, dun, 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 kind of rips, uh, riffs on it. It's got some very Kill em All vibes. Um, but again, I spent most of the time listening to it, imagining it with the production of Kill em All, which, by the way, Kill em All production is insanely good. Like, the drum sound is killer. The guitar sound is razor sharp, and of course you've got Cliff Burton moving underneath all the all the all of it, making it absolutely exceptional. But it does go back to that place around 81, 82 in the songwriting. And again, you see this in a lot of videos with Metallica. They talk about trying to get back to those places, and they have. They sincerely have got back 
281.82. And kudos to James. Again, some interesting moves in the chorus. Um, although the snare roll through the chorus dominates the dominates it sonically. And there's some awesome guitar harmonies in the middle of the song you, you, that will make you smile. That only, you know, oh, this is James Hetfield. You know it. Um, this one, this is a cool New Way British Heavy Metal vibe. I mean, it sounds like James Hetfield really worked on the vocals here. Uh, again, I spent some of the time imagining it hearing the sound of the album Trouble Trouble as the production instead of the production that's on it. A Room of Mirrors. Um, Room of Mirrors, don't... Um, not Witchfinder General. Doesn't Witchfind have a song called? And that's Hall of Mirrors, isn't it? Hmm. Interesting, because there is a vibe of something from 83. Like, this, some, this song reminds me of Satan. Brilliant band, English band, old English band. Uh, still going and still kicking ass, actually. But it reminds me a little bit of Satan. And there's some really interesting James Hetfield vocal lines going on here. Some of his best in years. I don't know what's been going on with him. Has he been um, channeling some fucking ghost vibes? Because say what you want about ghosts, but Tobias knows how to do uh, vocal lines and vocal harmonies and, you know, memorable stuff. And um, this is the James we haven't heard. I think he hasn't sound this absolutely on the money um, since Garage Incorporated. And of course, those were covers. So we haven't heard him sound, to me, this vital in years and years. And it is. It's glorious to listen to a, to a, one of the heavy metal masters, an absolute sort of legend, taking full flight. And you know, you do you do get you will get the goosebumps, the Hetfield goosebumps, on certain. And you're like, fuck, you know, it's it's you're just glad that he's around doing the, doing this stuff again. And then, of course, I'm sort of drawn back into the modern paradigm of the music. You know, paradigm. I don't know. It's, sounded good. It's probably pretentious. Um, there are so many good albums on this record. You will make you smile as a Metallica fan you kind of go damn we got our band back and um, there's some Maiden in this one there's some classic Sabbath to end on um, to end as the song rolls out in Amorata we've got more Sabbath I think I'm sort of feeling a bit like that sort of 1978 70, uh, 77 78 Sabbath where every now and again you'd get a classic Iomi riff just out of nowhere even though it's kind of coming at you out of a cocaine haze and when it would land a, a big um a big punch. I'm thinking maybe like a Johnny Blade or something like that, you know. Um, and there's an awful lot of this album that could have appeared on the Black Album or some of it on a demo from 81, 82 before um, Speed Metal, Kill em All Tone got its, got its hands on it. Um, so you, what you really get is, a, I think, a cross between some of the 90s rock um, Metallica and 81 vibes. And you'll realise if you can kind of step outside it's New Way British Heavy Metal. There's the same thing. There's Diamond Head, there's Jaguar, um, all sorts of stuff like this. Angel Witch, of course. Um, but again, all none of it is given any finesse by the unforgiving production, especially the drums. The, the production lacks any sympathy towards the songs. It lacks any sympathy towards the tone. I mean, look, the guitar tone is nice. It's cool. The solos sound like Hammett. The bass has a kind of cool grinding tone, but they they never kind of click in to that sort of richness of bottom end, that sort of orange tone that you get um, from the records, this references. Um, the, the, the snare is horrid um, and overbearing and the bass drum is the same. And as the song in Amorata um, unfolds, you, you do, for the first time you hear the dynamics paired back and we get a slightly more 70s kind of ooly, Uli John Roth, maybe even a, a Michael Schenker when you hear him pair back off the distortion in the 70s in the guitar. And um, we hear a lower tone vocals and even the snare comes back for the first time in the middle and there's some really nice bass playing. 
it sounds a bit like Caius, oddly enough. The great vocals again. And the last half of the song, half of the song's quite interesting. It's almost like a sort of jammy Thin Lizzy. And you hear lots of Lizzy twin harmonies at the end. And it finishes the album off with a really cool flourish. Um, and yeah, I mean, that finishes it. And for me, for me, for mich, um, it's the best metallic album in years. Uh, the cover sucks. The production and the tone and the dynamics are really unforgiving and really cold. Um, but the songs win out and Hetfield win out and the performances are great. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of like it, it gets over the end line against the odds. It's been hampered or hamstrung or whatever you want to say by um, this lack of empathy, this lack of sympathy in the tone towards the songs. I mean, if you take, uh, you know, if you take Lux Eterna and you think of the, I don't know, think of a Martin Birch production, Hand Number of the Beast from 82, and you had Lux Eterna with, um, I don't know, sounded like Invaders or something like this. It, it's a stone cold New York British Heavy Metal classic. Absolutely stone cold. Or if there was just a little bit more Motorhead overkill in the tone or, you know, something. But overall, you know, it's, um, you know, you know, strong album, strong album. Um, I've, I'm on, I don't know, somewhere between, well, enough listens over the last couple of days to make my mind up about it. And it does feel like, yeah, you got your Metallica back and there will be goosebump moments. And it's so great to hear uh, revitalized, re-energized James Hetfield, um, who's, you know, he's the fucking goat. And actually, I just said that, the goat, and I don't really know what the goat means. It means the greatest of all time, does it? I suppose he's... <laughs> Either way. Either way. 72 seasons is a strong record. And for now, but for a band this late in their career, um, to produce something so strong that sounds so vital with so much energy, I'm fucking impressed. And I'm fucking hard to impress. All right, that's it. Over and out. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.